Welcome to Highest Aspirations, an education podcast that explores the world of English language learners and how we can make a greater impact. Each episode, we bring you voices from across the ELL community to discuss the issues that matter most. Highest Aspirations is brought to you by Elevation Education, your partner for ELL program management and instruction. Camila Garcia, welcome to Highest Aspirations and congratulations on winning the Take the Pledge Scholarship. Thank you. It's nice to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you. We've spoken with a couple scholarship winners um, this year and last year, and it's always so great to uh, to chat with students. I was a high school teacher myself for years, and I, I don't get to chat with, with you all enough anymore, so it's really great. So tell me first where your family is originally from and why they decided to come here to the U.S. and specifically to Illinois, where you are now. Um, well, my family is originally from Mexico, and... Um, We just traveled up to the United States just for, you know, better job opportunities and better education. Um, And I don't really know why we chose Illinois to be specific because most of my family is from Arkansas. So I think it was just job opportunities. Sure. So you have family, you said in Arkansas, but you all came to Illinois um, and that's a kind of a common story, particularly for, for job opportunities there is what you think. Yeah. Great. And you went to school in Beardstown and is that right near Chicago? No, it's actually 45 minutes away from Springfield, Illinois. So the capital. Got it. I didn't do my geography homework. It's, it's a small town of less than 6,000 people. So. Okay, great. So you're, so you're in a small town, but you're in Beardstown and you went to, you went to school there but you said you've said that the diversity of that community was really important for you. Um, could you talk a little bit about that? So you went to school there in Beardstown, Illinois, and that's a small town, like you said. But you said also that the diversity of that community was really important for you. Could you talk a little bit about that? Um, yeah. Well, as I said before, it's a small town of around six thousand people, but I think it's really cool that around. 30 to 40% of the people here speak a language other than English. It's, that's, that's really neat to be in a community so small, but yet so diverse. Yeah, that's amazing. So such a small town, that doesn't happen very commonly. I'll put you on the spot a little bit, but do, do you know the reason for that? Is there just a large immigrant community there? Uh, well, there's um, JBS, which is a meat company, and they hire a lot of people and so most of the people travel over here and then you know most of their families travel over here and it's just a job opportunity for immigrants basically so sure and in turn in turn that job opportunity creates a really diverse um, community even though it's a small town which again is really unique that's that's pretty cool yeah (laughs) so i want to talk a little bit about um kind of your experience in school and your experiences in, as, a, as an English learner or a multilingual learner. Um, as someone who, who has, has probably overcome some significant obstacles to get where you are now, about ready to go to college very soon, um, I'm sure people would like to know a little bit more about your experiences as an English learner. Could you talk a little bit about sort of your trajectory from when you started out to where you are now? Um, yeah, well, I was actually, you know, really lucky to be in a community di- so diverse. So I had a bunch of people around me who spoke the same language as I did. 
So as a child, that was really comforting because I wasn't forced to learn the language right away. You know, I took my time and, you know, that was, that was really comforting for me, knowing that there was people around me who could understand what I was saying and I was still learning despite my, despite not knowing the language quite well. Sure. And so you, so was that the case both sort of in the community itself and in school? Were you speaking a lot of Spanish in school with both your friends and your teachers and everything and you were able to be understood or is that more like outside of school in your community? It was, it was in both because our elementary school does this thing where um, we have a dual language program. Yeah. Sometimes we'd learn the material in Spanish and other days we'd learn it in English. So that was, I think that was nice because we're still learning as we're trying to learn the language. So even if you don't speak English, you, you're still learning the, you know, you're still learning math and science and social studies. And I think that's really, that's really neat. Yeah, it's so great. And like hearing you say that you're a product of a dual language program and dual language is kind of becoming, I think it's always been sort of popular and people have known that it's worked, but the research is now showing that it's really, really beneficial. And it's specifically beneficial um, for students like you who are learning English. And like you said, I think you hit the nail on the head. You know, you're able to learn the content that you need to learn in different languages and be able to process, let's say, something that's, that's kind of a difficult concept in science or social studies in your own language. That's something that you do you know, when you, even before you know English and then even after, like you might be processing some things in Spanish. So what a great, um, what a great sort of uh, um, advantage to be able to process things in, in both languages, learn one language um, while, uh, while also learning the content and keeping your home language, which is so important. So many people I talk with on this podcast um, talk about the benefits of it, but it's really great to hear that that was a, that was a you know, great experience for you, somebody who's kind of coming out of school now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And unfortunately, you know, not everybody has access to that, but I feel like it's something that is, um, that is growing in popularity and that we're seeing a lot more of. So that's really good. Yeah, that's good. So aside from that general dual language um, program that you found quite useful, I'm wondering if there's a, a specific class or a specific teacher that had a profound impact on your education up to this point. You can, you can name names or not. It's completely up to you. Um, well, this isn't really English related, but um, I think one of the teachers who really influenced my ways of viewing education was my middle school history teacher. I think it was mostly eighth grade. But I was always a history freak, so I really liked history, and I put a lot of effort into learning my history facts. And so in class, I would always raise my hand and answer the questions. And um, this teacher told me that he knew the presidents in order. And so I made it my mission to learn most of them, and I still know, like, a few of them, but not all of them. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And so I learned most of them, and I went up to him, and I – you know, said most of them, and he was surprised, but um, he t- he specifically told me, and I, it was probably not this harsh, but I remember him telling me, um, Camila, you're really good at learning facts, but you can't form your own opinion of those facts, and so that really, you know, influenced me as a, you know, eighth grader, and afterwards, I just kind of tried to focus less on the facts and more on making my own opinion off of those facts. 
And I think that's one of the lessons I remember the most, and I use that towards my education now more. So, Yeah, that is beautifully expressed, and I think so important. And, um, you know, whether whether it was a harsh thing that the teacher said or not, it, it sounds like it was really worthwhile. And those are, I think that's advice um, and a strategy that that, that you, you just said that you have continued to use and that you'll continue to use moving forward. It's one thing to kind of rotely memorize things. And some of us are really gifted at memorization. It's another thing to take that knowledge and really um, apply it to something, to, to, to have your opinion and to be able to um, you know, use the evidence that you've that you've taken in to support your opinion. What what a great piece of advice! And I think anybody that's listening um, should definitely take that in and, and apply it. Yeah. <laughs> and so you, uh, the other thing you said is you're you're a, you are a history freak. What 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 um what? Then that that's a good thing. I'm sure that's a term of endearment. But what like what was it about history, or is it about history that really um, excited you about about that? I don't, I just, I think I just like learning about the past and what happened in the past. And so, um, I really liked learning that stuff and I, you know, didn't mind learning the facts because I was intrigued by it. You know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, when you read a book, you kind of like knowing the history of the book. So I really enjoyed, you know, history. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. That came for me later in school. I, I had a I had a hard time with history, and it was largely because of what you described as that memorization piece. I, I wasn't very good at memorizing dates and like historical figures and everything else. And you know, I can remember one teacher that I had that really um, emphasized uh, forming opinions and really coming up with your own ideas based on the facts and history. But most of it was like a lot of memorization. And so it wasn't until later that I kind of became obsessed a little bit myself with history. I got went through this phase of like four years. I think all I read about was, uh, was World War II, which just, which just fascinated me. Um, so I can relate, but I'm glad that you were able to kind of get that, that, uh, that passion for it earlier than I did. Yeah. <laughs> so you just talked a little bit about reading and how you like to know the, the background of what you're reading. And so that's why history is interesting. And you, you mentioned to me the last time we spoke that reading and writing in English has been really important for you. And in fact, I think you're going to major in English coming up, right? That's correct. <laughs> So what, so what drew you to this? I mean, it sounds so general, like reading and writing. So I'd like to know more, like what, what drew you to reading and writing to become an English major? And, and I guess just as importantly, how, how did you overcome the sort of language-related challenges along the way that, that may have gotten in your way with, with, with such, a, such a passion? Um, well, I was always, and you know, I still am the type of person that if I struggle with something, I will sit down for hours and try to better myself at it. Um, so as being an English learner, I struggled with the language. And so I'd sit down and I'd read books, even though I didn't know what the words on the books meant. And I, I kept reading them. And occasionally I would grab a dictionary and try to understand what the books were saying. And um, I mean, that kind of drew me into reading because eventually I could understand what they were saying. And I was like, this is, this is interesting. And um you know, I think writing just came off of that. You know, I liked reading and I liked forming my own words, just like these authors did. And so it was fun. But I did struggle a couple of times. I mean, it was usually with the pronunciation of words. Like there's so many words and, you know, they're pronounced differently. And sometimes I'd pronounce them wrong in my head. Um, and you know, for example, for some reason, I thought 
longing was always pronounced bonding and mm. <laughs> I was you know up until recently and you know it helped hearing the words out loud and I think that really helped me with my vocabulary you know watching movies listening to videos just um hearing people talk around me really helped yeah and it's a, you're, you're bringing up something else that's really important which is you know you, you talked about reading writing but you also just mentioned listening and speaking i mean you really need all those elements to be able to bring everything together you can't just read because you're you know you're, you run the risk of not being able to pronounce words right like you said you can't just um, just speak because, you know, sometimes you're speaking with your friends and you're not really learning that academic vocabulary. So, you know, kind of lesson lesson here is for any teachers who are listening, which are the majority of our audience, you know, you have to vary um, the, those inputs and outputs, the speaking, reading, writing, um, and listening, and make sure a student has access to, to all of them. Would you, would you agree with, am I on the right track there? Yeah. And, and, and you know, for what it's worth, um, English pronunciation is a total nightmare. I mean, it's, I mean, I, I learned Spanish. Um, I'm, a, I'm a native English speaker and I learned Spanish. And one of the, the great benefits of being an English speaker and learning Spanish is that the Spanish alphabet is very straightforward. Pronunciation is very straightforward. Like all the vowels make the same sounds. Not that difficult. But uh, trying to learn English is a totally different story. So I give you a lot of credit. So I know that you're going to the University of Illinois next year, and that's Urbana-Champaign. Did I pronounce Champaign right? Is that the way it's pronounced? Yes, that is. Speaking of uh, pronunciation. So <laughs> what are you most looking forward to about, uh, about college, which is coming right around the corner? <laughs> well, I'm still a little freaked out that I'm already going to college. Um, that's normal. That's normal. <laughs> um, but, you know, as diverse as the town I grew up in is, um, I think living in a small town really condenses your way of thinking. So I'm kind of excited to branch out and, you know, maybe burst out of my bubble a bit and, you know, grow as a person. So then just, you know, you know, face new experiences, meet new people. It's basically it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the academics are always going to be there. You know, your passion for what it is that you're, that you're trying to do in this case, majoring in English is there, but I think you're absolutely right. Being able to branch out, meet new people, challenge yourself. Those are all key things. That's great. Yeah. So now that you're there at the doorstep of this like huge accomplishment for anybody uh, heading off to college, um, I, I'd love to hear what your advice is for, for any student who maybe is learning English in school right now. They're just starting off maybe they're a little scared they're they're not really sure you know where this journey is going to take them what what advice would you give to that student um just be patient i mean it it won't happen overnight um but you also have to take it upon yourself to try to learn the language and the material and you know as i said before um read whatever you can get your hands on try to watch movies in English, you know, or the language you're trying to learn, and you know, speak to people who speak that language because that that really helps. That really helps um, helps you in learning the language and how things are pronounced, how things are said, and I think that's you know how it, what helped me learn. So yeah. Yeah, for sure. And so much of it just sounds like being being motivated, taking control of your own education, uh, you know, taking advantage of the opportunities that you have. 
which in some cases is easier said than done. And I think you definitely need a push like you got from your um, from your social studies teacher back in eighth grade. So the combination of those things generally results in success. Yeah. <laughs> All right, last question. And this is a question I ask everyone who comes on the podcast. And it's like my favorite question because I have this great collection and library of books and resources that people have given me. And, and I want to ask you the same question. That is, is there a book, a movie, or a resource, or anything at all that, that you've consumed that has had an important influence on you that you'd like to share with us? Um, well, I have several books, but um, one of the books that really... I should have guessed, English major, several <laughs> books. <laughs> you give me as many as you want. Well, I'm probably just going to give you one because I just came up with one right now. But um, I really... You know, it's not really English related, but I really like the book thief just because I feel like I could relate to the character in the book thief. Um, you know, she was. Um, I don't know if you read the book thief before. Yeah, I have it. That's cycled around my family, um, and uh, everybody in my family who's sort of old enough to read it um, has read it, and we love it. So I'm glad you mentioned it. But keep going. Um, you know, I just think I relate with her, and. Um, you know, she was passionate about what she did. And, you know, she'd collect books and I collect books too. Um, some of them might be stolen from my um, high school library, but <laughs> we won't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I really like the book and the writing in it is exceptionally good. Like, I really like the way the author wrote the book and because it's, through death's perspective. And I think that's really cool to see, especially during World War II, where all these people were dying and, you know, just, and she found comfort in reading and writing. And I think that's really cool. Yeah, for sure. And I'm so glad you recommended that book. You know, a lot of the people that I talk with are teachers and researchers and professors and policymakers, and they, they give us great resources, but they tend to be at times a little bit academic, for lack of a better term. <laughs> this book is a really great one, one that I've read and that I would also highly recommend. So I really appreciate you recommending it. And with that, Camila, it has been an absolute pleasure chatting with you. Um, you are uh, an inspiration to us here at Elevation and I'm sure to many, many other uh, educators and teachers and students around the country. And your story um, is one that, that, that should be told and is one that I think um, is, is reflected in, in a lot of stories of other students around the country. Um, and, and we just are, um, are amazed at what, you're, what you've been able to accomplish and offer you sincere congratulations and, and good luck in, in everything that's to come. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Highest Aspirations. If you liked our show, please be sure to join the ELL community at elevationeducation.com slash ELL community, where you'll find all the episodes of Highest Aspirations and other resources to help educators maximize the impact on their English language learners. Also, let us know how we're doing by writing a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts.